Welcome to the Destinations with Donnie podcast, where we explore your cultural passions, destination home, cuisine, community, relationships, and passion. Embrace your cultural identity as we bring you the tools to live in full color. In our second part of the three-part podcast about Wakanda Forever, we talk about Mera de Mexico, Lupita Nuango's Mexican and Kenyan TCK heritage, as well as Mabel Cadena's underwater adventure. Take a listen as we explore the cross-cultural significance of Wakanda Forever, part two. And it's interesting, you know, Diana and I were speaking. So as, as listeners know, I'm from Costa Rica in, and Trinidad. And John um, is from Guatemala, but lived in Costa Rica for uh, his parents still live there, right? He goes back there all the time. Yep. And yep. then Diana, of course, is from Yucatan and Merida. And so it was interesting. Diana and I were speaking, even though uh, Merida is in Mexico, it's more like a Central American country. I mean, they're technically oh, borderlanders. Yeah. She, it was a good point that she brought up. And, and in case you don't know, Isis, a borderlander is someone. So if you live in. Seattle or um, what's the place in upstate in New York by Niagara Falls, Hayden? Buffalo. Um, Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo. Uh, places like that where you're on the border or even Nogales, Arizona, on the border of two countries or you could look at Switzerland and Germany, different, all different places, and the culture melds together, right? Um, and so people on both sides have a little bit of each one. And so uh, Deanna and I were speaking about how Merida really is more like Central American culture than North American culture, like than Mexican culture. And I could relate to that because I felt that when I was in Merida. And John, I don't know how, how, what do you think about that? Oh yeah, um, my dad always tells a joke about, oh, you know, okay, way back when, you know, the U.S. turned around and took Texas from Mexico. So then Mexico turned around, took Yucatan and, and, and Chiapas from Guatemala. Then Guatemala turned around, tried to take a piece of El Salvador or Honduras and got the crap kicked out of them. So, so yeah, that, that's something also I noticed as well as, and, you know, of course, Lupita Nyong'o was born in Mexico, although not raised there. Her Spanish is okay um, when she's speaking ex- extemporaneously. Um, obviously, in the movie, it was... I was going to say, in the movie, her no, accent was no, 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 Of course, but she's a professional actor. Just like her accent, her Korean accent in the first movie was also true, very good. So, and her Yucatan for... accent was really good, too. That's what, the, and so that's one thing I noticed when I was growing, once I was growing right. up and went back to Guatemala, for like maybe the second or, last, second or last time or the last time, was we were down at the market and buying, you know, you know, like, uh, I think it was acerrin, which is like this colored sawdust that we use to, like, uh, for nativity scenes to make, like, you know, paths and grass and that kind of thing. And I was talking to the woman who was selling it, and, or my, my dad was talking to the woman who was selling it, and I, for the first time, realized, and she's clearly, obviously, indigenous, and I realized she had an act, a, distinct non like i guess you can call white guatemalan accent a spanish fully fluent but a clear is very clipped and very specific and that's when i and so when 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 lupita was talking to the indigenous woman and she was talking back to her in spanish the woman was talking back to her in spanish i the theater didn't have a the sound wasn't that good but this is why i want to ask diana what was her accent Mexicana de, 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 de la DF or, 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 or a, like indigenous? I, I couldn't quite tell. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead, Diana. I mean, the thing is that in 
in Mexico, the country, they kind of make fun of us in the Yucatan Peninsula because of a specific accent that we have. I think it even kind of goes to my English. Like, I have that um, accent from the Mayan words. The thing is that, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but the thing is that to speak Mayan, you have to have these kind of sounds, like sounds. So that's why while we're speaking Spanish, we still have those accents to speak in Mayan. So we even have like words in, in Maya, you know, like normal day, like the coach, which is let's go. So to say coach is not like a normal word. So we have that accent. And I think that goes to oral Spanish. So in that part where Lupita was like, yes, I'm a student from Merida. I'm like, yes, I'm from Merida too. And then <laughs> she starts speaking like Mayan to that lady. I was like, yes, thank you. I don't know. It, it was it was really nice to hear my. I actually my, felt the my, same way. I felt the same way. Like it was like is she and her. I you know I know John. You said she's an act, actor, but yeah, her accent was on point. I I really I really liked it, and I felt like you know I I went down uh, and spent time with Deanna's family, and I look forward to going back. But yeah, it's it's different and it's wonderful. I mean, Espanol es más suave, see, like and. I like the way the Mayan accent changes that uh, the Spanish, and it's easier. I know it's easier for me to understand. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, read, I read somewhere that Lupita actually lived in Mexico for a certain amount of time, which is where she gets. Yeah, the, she's a TCK. She's a, yeah, a third culture kid. Yeah, she has. Yes. Uh, my understanding, she also has actual Mexican citizenship because she obviously yes. was yeah. born there. But yeah. yeah, beyond that, yeah. Actually, one of, you know, our very first issue, our launch issue of Cultures was in Kenya. And we spent a month. We took a team to Kenya for a month and we did a full magazine of coverage. So actually some of our team that put together that issue and, and wrote and took photos, et cetera, in that issue went to school and with Lupita, like understand her family because she's Kenyan as well. So it's interesting. And it's interesting. It was interesting talking to them and the things they know because they experience it. They're like, no, that's not real. This is what happened. We were there. Right. And I'm like, well, but the news report said. <laughs> so, yeah, she is a TCK. She partially grew up in Mexico. And I some of the comments I've seen are people saying, hey, why are Mexicans trying to co-opt Lupita? She's African. <laughs> But that comes back to what cultures is about, right? The whole cross-cultural thing, having a foot in two or more worlds. We understand what's that like, like what that's like, and I embrace that she is that way. I wonder how she feels about it. It would be wonderful to talk to her about that one of these days, as well as Tanok. I don't know about y'all. I fell in love. <laughs> like I don't know his his accent was great. I just love how he played this character, and I know he's very popular and has been in some big shows in Mexico, but this was big for him to come to Wakanda forever. Go ahead, John. Listen, that's my new man crush. I'll take your new man crush. <laughs> new man crush. It used to be Orlando Bloom. Now it's now it's Tanook. <laughs> well, it'll be really interesting to see what they do. And this is something that um, Diego Luna did and does in um, Star Wars Rogue One as well as in, in Andor. He does his Spanish for the Latin American Spanish dub. He does his own voice. For that, they they didn't bring in a different vo another voice actor to do his role. 
I would be fascinated to see, and I, I'm almost hoping that he do this, that for Tenoche, and only for Tenoche, for all of his lines when he speaks in English in the movie, for the Spanish dub, I hope they bring him back to do the Spanish language dub. Because hearing him in his native language acting out, I think we'll, make it, we'll, do it, we'll give it a different... Uh, he did superbly. I just think it was a, 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 possibly even a better thing, just doing yeah, yeah, yeah. idea. Well, you know, there's, uh, we'll probably link to some of the video in the, uh, that I'm about to talk about. Deanna and I were speaking. I sent her a link to this um, interview with, uh, what's her name that plays Suri? Uh, it's escaping Letitia me. Wright. Uh, Letitia, Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Yeah. Yes, Letitia and Tenoch. And they did a lot of their interviews together. Obviously, when you look at the film, you could see why. But uh, it started out, it was like a, a switch, right? This interview started out in English. And the interviewer, we were trying to figure out where she was from. She, it seemed like she had an accent maybe from Spain. We were trying to pick it up. But um, everything was in English. And then all of a sudden, she just busted out in Spanish. And she and, and Tenoch were just having a, a conversation. And at the end, the woman was trying to say to Leticia, oh, he's saying these things about you. And she's like, no, he's saying this, which I thought was fantastic. But same, it was really great to hear him in Spanish next to his English, right? And I find his particular accent was easy for me. Not in, not in all places in Mexico do I have an easy time compared to South America or even to Spain. But, uh, you know, Maya, that's one of the reasons I love it. I like, the, like it there. But his was easy to understand. And yes, I agree with you, John. I think it would be nice to have him do the dub when they do it in Spanish. I also... So, I also really liked the way that he portrayed this character. Um, there was no anger at any point, right? It was very logical. I'm a big fan of Spock from uh, from the Star Trek world, and and it it it, it resonated like a Spock. Like like, here's what's in front of me. Here's how I have to deal with this. Here are the the parameters of the way that I will deal with you. If you do this, here are the results. It's very very logical unemotional um and 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 at the same time just really just impassioned um vehemence about maintaining his his people's culture uh, uh even to the point where uh ramona dies and he sees her body float up or and, and he looks at suri and says you're queen now right like it was uh, it, it was very very matter of fact and and i appreciate and, and i appreciate it you know, moving with the character in that way because he could have been very um, emotional and, and, and just like all over the place, but he was just very contained. And like, he, he, here are the facts, right? You, you let people know about us and they built a machine and it came for us. You got to fix this. I'll be over here. Let me know when I, let me know when you finish your beer, right? So I, I really, I really enjoy that. But I also loved the um the push and pull that was all the way through the movie of science versus religion right science versus culture um young young knowledge versus the old ways right and so suri really pushing wakandans to keep to, to be more scientific uh and and namor wanting talcan to stay as a, a a very traditional old old thinking uh, society and to stay away from all of these new advents and so it and you saw all of those pushes even back and forth even with the conversations with suri and um mbaku right where he was like 
hey, listen, you've got to pay reverence to the fact that you're a queen now or to where, you know, what, what you need to do and the old ways and the old gods. Um, but she was like, no, listen, we've got to figure this out with science, right? We've got to come up with technology that will save us. But it's really, what's really interesting is the first words of the movie is Bast, right? It's Suri praying to her God to give her the knowledge to create the science to save her brother, right? So even in her own mind, there's this dissidence of where do I, where do I, where do I um, place my belief in science or in the old ways? Well, it was interesting too. I definitely, um, I want, I want to make sure we get to John and talking about the underwater aspects of this and then kind of wrap up with our final thoughts on the movie and where we should go from here. But yeah, all of that is very looking at all the juxtapositions of the different ways of thinking. And which, by the way, I have to mention M'Baku is from Trinidad and Tobago as well. Just, just saying. So. <laughs> Hayden and um, I mentioned Hayden is Trinidadian. Like, I have overlap with everybody on this panel. This is what I love about my life, right? This is what I love about cultures. Like, oh, yeah, I'm part of you, too. I'm part of you, too. This good. Because in most of my life, I'm not part of anything. So this is, like, fantastic to be in a space where everyone, I, I relate to everyone. Y'all can relate to me. We get each other, right? And this is what cultures is about. So, John. Tell us, tell us, tell us some of the insider secrets, some of the things that you know about these underwater scenes and what these actors really went through. I mean, they went for it. I'm impressed. Yeah, actually, a lot of the stuff that I was that I learned, actually, I, I wasn't through actual reporting. It's more listening to them talk to in other interviews, specifically like um, Mabel Cadena was on an interview in Mexico in a podcast called, called Hablando de Cine Con. And in it, that's where she talks about, you know, she had to do, she learned, trained enough in freediving and in breath hold techniques, techniques that she was able to hold her breath for six and a half minutes. Well, um, who, which one was this, Suri? Mabel, I mean, Mabel, no, Mabel Cadena, who plays oh, okay, Mamora. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, um, okay. She's a, the warrior, um, who, and who's also at the very end, she's the one who, who Namor is talking to and <clears throat> saying, you know, they're going to have to come to us if they need help kind of thing. So she was, and she was also, she's also talked about the fact that, you know, learning how to free dive as part of her training um, basically gave her like the quote unquote mental strength to get through all of her underwater scenes. Because a lot of times, you know, you're going in there, you go down, holding your breath for two, three, maybe four minutes and doing more than one scene. And during that entire time, you cannot show any bubbles coming out of your mouth. You can't, if you, if you, if you know, an errant bubble comes out of your mouth, it's got to be reshot completely. They have to, you know, and it's in a tank with a whole bunch of other, uh, other people around you, so you gotta make sure you know where to hit your mark, where you're going, make sure you can still emote even though you're holding your breath, because a lot of times they were speaking underwater. But, th so that, that, that was really interesting, and I'm still not quite sure whether or not they were doing that actually underwater, or did it above, you know, above water with, just, with, with all the effects to make them look like they're doing it underwater, because if you're talking like this, you know, we talk based, based on air, so air will come out of your lungs, and you will see air bubbles. So that was a little sort of interesting thing, question in my mind is whether or not did they actually film them mouthing the words underwater or did they do that later on in post or in a separate scene? Um, you know, she, I mean, she also talked about, Garena also talked about the fact that, you know, she didn't just want to correct technique. She wanted to feel like she lived in the water. And that's what her trainers actually gave her, is gave her that confidence and ability to be able to do multiple takes underwater without a problem. And, and uh, Teno Suerta couldn't swim. 
yeah. at the start of this movie. He had to learn how to A, swim, then B, free dive. Yeah, when they so, asked him before the movie started, he, they said, can you swim? And he said, well, in Spanish, I never drowned before. <laughs> but then he talks about having to learn and he had the floaties on. He a grown man mm -hmm. with the floaties trying to learn mm -hmm. how to swim. And then look, he has all these scenes, yeah? So, yeah. you know, just a side note, this is not even, okay, I know movies deep, we're talking about all the cultural aspects. Don't laugh at me when I say this. But, y'all, I was like, do some people who are filming this have a foot fetish? Because there, <laughs> there, there are some scenes with feet. And I remember when there's this part where uh, Tanook is, of course, flying. Of course, it's special effects. But his foot just comes straight in the camera. And I think to myself, man, some people are like, they're probably replaying that over and over to try to see how close they got in. Anyway, just I digress. But so also, you, you well, see Nemo's, those red feathers, too. Yeah, the Nemo's source of flight is the, his winged feet. Um, yes. and, so, uh, and so people were really, even when the preview came out, people were really honing into that and that's one of the one of the ways that Suri ends ends up disabling him he, she pulls off mm -hmm. one of his wings so yeah it oh I missed that I missed that yeah leg bandage up later yeah. I know right for real <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch a third time no I missed that completely wow John you yeah. were gonna say yeah you see later like towards the end you see afterwards uh, like his leg completely bandaged up Okay. Like his bottom leg, so yeah. That's why. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I have to go back. Just another excuse to look at the details. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's one of those things where he has dominance in the air and the sea, and you don't see very many uh, superhero characters having both of those, right? Like, if it's sea, yes. if it's a sea dominance, once they come above land, it's they're kind of like flailing around. Um, and if it's an air person, they have to. They, they don't have any kind of dominance in the sea, and they wanted to emphasize that Neymar has both of those. Thanks for listening or watching Destinations with Donnie. Show your support by rating this episode on your podcast platform wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to get notifications of new episodes because you don't want to ever ever miss out on any of this cross-cultural goodness.